Well, the 2021-22 NHL season is in the books. Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup. We'll talk about how they got there. Maybe some lessons the Preds can learn. Plus, now that the season has come and gone, we're going to take a look back at the top moments in a special Monday plus minus recapping the NHL season. Coming up today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Well, it is a good day to be a Colorado Avalanche fan. They have the Stanley Cup. Uh, the- <laughs> they probably should based, yes. on, uh, based on how this series played out. Uh, we'll talk about the Avalanche run in just a second. First, though, want to mention off the bat today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, good day for the Colorado Avalanche fans. Uh, first, they get to watch the premiere of the E60 Unrivaled oh my gosh. Wings Avalanche Brawl, which uh, I, I know you're a newer hockey fan. You didn't get to experience kind of the full scope of that. So what what do you think of that kind of era of hockey? I, I have to tell you, so I ended up, Nick and I ended up texting over this because I yeah. literally was like traumatized mortified fascinated my husband and I had it on and we were trying to get some house projects done and we were like yeah no gotta sit down and watch this that was insane insane I mean I don't and again newer hockey fans so I missed this the first time around and you know you hear about rivalries like this I had no idea if if it wasn't real it it would be a movie, you know, just from start to finish the, the style of hockey, the attitudes of the players. It was like, I, it took me hours after that ended to sort of like come back and function in real life again, because that was absolute insanity, fascinating, horrible insanity. (laughs) That was basically my first foray into hockey because I think I was, uh, I like just turned seven or eight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, like my parents, obviously from Detroit, obviously mm-hmm. there's Steve Eiserman right there. Um, you know, there that's, that was kind of my intro to hockey was like the Red Wings back-to-back cup wins. And uh, I think my grandma, I still remember March 26, like live, like, I think my grandma was there at the house and we were just like sitting around like watching this game and we were like, what is happening? I remember my mom like running to the phone to call my uncle and being like, oh my God, are you watching this? <laughs> and I like, yes. to think, I like to thank her for being like the irresponsible parent who would let their young child watch just a bunch of grown men just 
bloody each other up on the ice because that was like that that was like the thing that got me hooked on hockey. Oh my gosh. I I was like traumatized a little bit by it. So way to go for being a resilient seven-year-old because when you see two goalies and meet in the middle and just go after it and they're having to clean up blood off the ice and everything that was incredible fantastic if you did not catch this documentary you must go watch it incredible yeah especially for the vladimir konstantinov part uh yes there was there's probably not a dry eye on either side of that rivalry who uh who watched that right? yes like touching good stuff and anybody who experienced that as it happened uh knows just how incredible it was to to see him not only in a documentary but talking and giving answers so without a hell of a yeah again if you if amazing you unrivaled you need to check that out um avalanche took the l in that fight but they didn't take the l in the 2022 stanley cup playoffs they didn't take very many l's at all (laughs) they beat the tampa bay lightning last night in game six to win the stanley cup 16 and four record in the stanley cup finals they have four losses uh in two series the other two series were sweeps so yeah you're welcome you're welcome colorado (laughs) we're happy you could have something on your resume yeah. Um, yeah. Like we said before, and it it just seems like, you know, it seems very weird to say this in the scope of professional sports, but it feels like the right team won. Mm-hmm. It just yes. really felt like Colorado was the best team this year, the best team in the postseason, and really the best team on paper. Mm-hmm. And very rare that you kind of have those three sort of encapsulating factors combined to a Stanley Cup champion. Yes. It's so often that when you watch a championship game, whether it's NHL, whether it's NFL, any sort of sports thing, there's always sort of this narrative in the back of your mind, like, well, the best team in the regular season didn't win. And in hockey, you talk about lucky hockey bounces. Hockey is kind of a a game of skill and a little bit of witchcraft, I think. But Colorado has been the team all season long. And when they came into the playoffs, obviously first round, you're welcome, um, swept the Predators. And I think most Predators fans felt like Nashville just was not good enough. And here's what's real. Nashville is just not good enough. When you think about the Nashville Predators team this season and you compare them to the Colorado Avalanche, who just won the Stanley Cup, obviously you're looking at two very different teams, different rosters. But Colorado was just on a mission. Had they lost this year, I think it would have been shocking to me had they lost because it it really would have been watching them go into this, into the playoffs. They were so focused and their roster was so good. And I, I really would have been surprised, even though they were playing Tampa Bay. It's up, but the thing I always say about that and why I kind of said what I said a second ago about, you know, it being rare that, you know, the team that's best on paper, best mm-hmm. on the regular season and best in the playoffs doesn't always win the cup it's just because playoffs are so hit and miss in terms of matches. You know, we, we talk about it, you know, like 
a lot of times like the best team in the regular sin, you know, they may rack up, they may have the paper, everybody's picking them for this year, and they may get bounced in the second round just because they run into a team that, you know, wasn't better than them over the entire course of the regular season, but had like right. their goaltending or had, you know, the right. defenders clicking on all seasons, you know, the playoffs just because it's basically two months in the end of the season. It's just such a crapshoot, you know, yeah. Who wins the Stanley cup. Isn't necessarily always the team that was the best during the year. It was the team who just happens to have everything going for him at the right time. Right. Right. Colorado, I think, been the exception because they were the best team during the regular season, uh, even though they missed out on the President's Trophy, obviously. But I still think, you know, you're watching the way you watched him. You had to argue. It's like, look, there's this is this is the cream of the crop this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then watch them dominate in the postseason. I mean, they took off the team that we thought for the last three years had been the best team in the HL, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think yes. to me, that is where the story of the Avalanche kind of has the climax, was against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because I think you could, you know, yeah, they dominated us, the Predators, but hey, you know, we're the Predators. We limp <laughs> the season. You know, they beat the St. Louis Blues in six, mm-hmm. uh, which, hey, let's go back and give some credit to the St. Louis yes. Blues. Yes. That was a really good series. Um, you know, they, they beat them in six, but everybody's like, oh, yeah, nobody was picking St. Louis to win the cup. They beat the Edmonton Oilers, like dominate them. But, yes. but yeah, Mike Smith. Like, what, what can you do? Like, yeah, I could score eight on Mike Smith. Um, you know, so you kind of have these built-in excuses for all of these playoff series. And then you get to the Stanley Cup where everybody was like, yeah, there's no place for Colorado to hide now. Mm-hmm. Colorado went out and absolutely dominated the team that we all agreed had been like the, the foundational cornerstone of the NHL for the past three years. And I think that's really where you highlight just how good the avalanche were like, yeah, they dominated these teams and there are some excuses you could build in for, you know, why that happened. But when it was time for, you know, nowhere to hide, right. They went out and laid all their cards on the table and they dominated in five of the six games, you know, the, the two time defending Stanley cup champs. And I think that's really brings home the point of how good the team was this year. Yes. And, you know, they really were not super challenged in the playoffs, but I feel like we saw glimpses of just how well constructed this roster was all season long. And I agree with you. Timing really is everything in the NHL. And so many seasons you see teams that were kind of up and down. You think back to the Nashville Predators team that went to the Stanley Cup final, very up and down, but they peaked at the right time when it came time for the playoffs. I don't necessarily think that's the trajectory for Colorado. I think they just were so good all the time. They were just a slow burn to the finals. And they did run into these narratives about how they were going to lose to um, Tampa Bay, but they, they paid not a lick of attention, my friends. And they're drinking out of the Stanley Cup, which is disgusting. Oh, come on. That's got to be like, you got, you got to put the germophobia aside for a little bit. mm -mm. No. Yeah, no. My, my favorite part about that, Anne, is uh, 
you know, you'll have like could see like the picture of a player leading like letting his horse eat like oats out of the Stanley Cup, and then like two days later, like small children are eating ice cream, and then like three days later, it's at a strip club somewhere. <laughs> like so there like, are not enough Lysol wipes, my friends. Yeah, stop it. Uh, how do you think Nathan McKinnon celebrated the Stanley Cup? <laughs> Do you, think he, do you think he had like one bite of a brownie? I am. I hope so, but I am willing to say he did not. But wouldn't I mean, like, wouldn't you like if you ate like Nathan McKinnon? What would be your like celebratory carb? Yeah. Do you think like he's like went to like the locker room and he's like, your glass of milk is ready, sir? Yes. And it's like, no, no. Tonight we're having chocolate milk. <laughs> Because we're celebrating. Yeah. It's a party this, now, this Nathan McKinnon. We can be a little naughty. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he probably had like a Twizzler. Yeah, like 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 three-fourths of a Starburst. Yes. And like yes. got to like the little end part of the pink one. I was like, you know what? I can save the rest of this for later if I want. <laughs> it's like sitting in his fridge. And he's like, I'll finish this the next time we win a cup. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, the season's in the books, and that means we have a lot to look back on. And since it's Monday, we haven't done a plus-minus in a while. We are going to do a special Monday plus-minus of the entire 2021-22 NHL season with some of our favorite moments and some things we absolutely hated. First, I want to mention today's show, brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news from Major League Baseball to boxing, UFC, golf, pretty much any sport you want to find, WNBA, NBA, um, MLS, anything like that. BetOnline has you covered. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Plenty of different prop bets, always different kinds of lines and odds. Uh, so be sure you're checking every day to see what is available. Yeah, some of it's easy money. Trust me, we've been on there before. Uh, some of it's give me money, so you're going to be wanting to make sure you check BetOnline to see what you can come up with. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And uh, yeah, this the 2021-22 NHL season now over and done with. Yes. And we'll back our Monday plus minus plus minus we haven't done this since the predators uh exited the playoffs but in case you're newer to the show how this works is we take things that we liked things we like want to praise and we give them pluses we take things we didn't like and we gave them minuses so today we figured we'd do that uh for the nhl season as a whole Yes. There's going to be some Fred stuff, some NHL stuff, a nice little mixed bag. So, Anne, would you like to lead us off? Yes. I'm going to lead us off, of course, on a plus. And my plus for the season is the addition of the Seattle Kraken. Now, I get it. The Seattle Kraken did not have a rousingly impressive season on the ice, although they beat the Predators twice. We'll always remember the Kraken's first win. 
Won't we though? Yeah. Yes. It will sit like a little rock in our craw, but yes. But I think so much about the Seattle Kraken, the expansion was so well executed. Seattle has hit it out of the park on everything except maybe on ice product. But I think yeah. the expansion draft was very fun, although disappointed. I will say I'm very disappointed that so many uh, picks were leaked ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. That was a downer. There. That was a downer. It was so creative how they did that too, where that like the celebrities, like, yes, they're always going to have Marshawn Lynch picking Callie Yarncroke. Boy, boy, Callie. Boy, boy, Callie. That's boy, always boy, Callie. like something we're going to have her hang, like the, the fish market toss with the name on yes. the of it. Uh, yeah, it's just a shame that the majority of those expansion draft picks were terrible yes that's something i think ron francis kind of regrets yeah it did not pan out well on ice but i feel like they really laid the groundwork for uh, an enthusiastic fan base uh, first of all uniforms hit it out of the park best uniforms in the nhl hands down are the seattle kraken best logo seattle kraken um and I feel like they're going to make some moves to make this team more competitive. They have Maddie Berniers um, in, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. They did not come out of the gate like Vegas, but I really feel like the Seattle Kraken are a fun addition to the NHL. So I have loved watching that unfold, except for the Predators giving them their first franchise win. That was painful. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, is that is going to be a, a, a city that people are going to want to visit as yes. well. That people are going to want to see a game in Seattle. So I think there's there's plenty of good, exciting things for the Kraken ahead. They just have a lot of work to do behind the scenes with building that team. Yes. Uh, certainly a different boat than the Vegas Golden Knights. That's for yeah. sure. Um, continuing our theme from the Stanley Cup Finals, and I am going to give a plus – to Joe Sackick, uh, mm -hmm. Colorado Avalanche, uh, whose day started with watching his team get beat into a bloody pulp uh, during the unrivaled E60. But it ends with him lifting the Stanley Cup. And I want to give a shout out to Joe Sackick because pretty much every move he has made to put this team together has been pure gold. Now, I know mm -hmm. we talk about, like, let's let's look at the Avs, and if we need to be like the Avs, we need to tank. You know, we need to be able to draft players like Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog and, you know, Kale McCarr and all that. Um, but let's talk about the rest of the team because every move he's built to kind of complement this core has paid off tenfold. You know, Andre Burakovsky, you know, sort oh. of, you know, a, a trade with uh, – uh, Washington, you talk about getting Val Nishushkin, who had a career year. There's a lot of talk in Dallas that he was kind of a, a bust in Dallas just because he didn't really quite develop. You can talk about the Nazem Kadri trade with Toronto. Mm -hmm. You can talk about, uh, you know, getting Devontae's from the New York Islanders and what has proven to be one of the more underrated trades of, you know, of recent NHL memory. That was kind of thought out to be a, yeah, okay, trade at the time. It wound up being, you know, 
what could be one of the best deals of all time. And you look at the roster, it's like, you know, he went out and got Jack Johnson, who was, you know, yes, hated both by the eye test people and the, uh, the hockey analytics community. Everybody was like, dear God, please don't touch Jack Johnson. And they wound up winning a cup with him. And it's just, you go through the roster and it's just full of these guys who, you know, are kind of like small, not necessarily headline grabbing news, except for maybe Kadri. And they paid off and they had career years. And it's just like, you know, what is going on in that Colorado front office that they have been able to hit on pretty much every major move mm-hmm. they made, uh, including Sam Gerard. Yes. Oh, Sam. Unfortunately, he was hurt uh, and missed the entire postseason, but he was a big part of that team during the regular season. Uh, one of their top four defensemen. Um, and it's a shame he didn't get to showcase his stuff uh, in, in the playoffs because I feel like a lot more people will be talking about Sammy Gerard also. Yes. Yeah, this roster was so well constructed. I think it's going to be one of those things that – people are going to look back on and really break down how well it was put together from top to bottom. And that is one of the things that I am in awe of when it comes to Colorado is their roster was just stacked with talent. And like you said, they were able to pull from places where these players really were not insanely um, successful necessarily. It was so brilliantly constructed. So I would a hundred percent agree. That's a fat plus. So oh, let's uh, let's get negative and okay. let's go. Uh, yeah, let's let's go a minus and let's go a minus. OK, well, this uh, I'm going to share this delicately, but the biggest minus for me in the NHL this season and perhaps for a long, long time is the NHL's handling of the Kyle Beach situation. And I'm not going to go into any sort of details on this, but I really feel like the NHL struggled to handle this situation well. Um, I want to give a huge plus to Kyle Beach because I feel like he handled this situation with such dignity and courage but i also am like you know what nhl stop expecting the victim to walk it out well if you won't so for me for a number of reasons um i feel like the biggest minus for this past season has been the way the nhl handled this you know they joel quinville lost his coaching position he resigned from florida panthers because he was in the room when some decisions were made, but he was able to coach his last game. I feel like Gary Bettman really, um, you know, with Stan Bowman, he has said, well, we'll have a conversation if he wants back in the league. And I think Gary Bettman, buddy, you might not be the guy that should have that conversation. So that has been really difficult. Uh, And it's difficult when, you love the NHL and you want to invite people into the NHL and yet you know you're going to have to explain situations like this. So for me, that is the biggest minus was the handling of that whole situation. Yeah, and you hope it's going to be a watershed moment, but then you look and look at things like happening now and, the you know, the Hockey Canada investigation. Yes. Um, it's just kind of, you know, it's very different, but then you also look at the Evander Kane stuff and there's kind of this weird thing um, about, and I think the best way to put it is 
the player is fine as long as he helps you reach the end goal. Like yes. if he helps you win, you can excuse pretty much anything else. And that's yes. kind of been the the underlying theme of any of these stories is this is kind of excuse, look over, because you really need the service as a player. And uh, you know, hopefully that changes yes. uh, soon. But yeah. That was my minus. Um, How about you? What 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 was your big minus for this season? Uh, there's a couple of them. The first one I have uh, is the NHL coaching carousel. Oh, Why do the same coaches keep getting jobs pretty much everywhere. Preach. I mean, you look, you look at the stars, uh, fire Rick Bonus, or you know, he steps aside. They bring in Pete DeBoer, who was fired from the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights replaced him with Bruce Cassidy. That was fired from the Boston Bruins. Philadelphia Flyers brought in John Tortorella. Oh, my gosh. The Florida Panthers, who won the President's Trophy. Yeah. Oh, of Andrew Burnett, who took them through some crazy BS this year. Yes. With Paul Maurice, who got fired from the Jets. And it's just like, do you not see like there's benefit in trying something else like seeing who else is out there these guys have a shelf life for a reason you know yes and i I get it like i get it like if you were fired from your job you wouldn't want to be like well sucks but you're out forever now because it didn't work out like you would want to be like okay i want a chance somewhere else maybe have you know a different change of scenery to really show what i can do i get that but in the nhl there are so many quality candidates that are ready for that next step that you know just don't get it because we're hiring like the same top level of coaches every single year those yes. coaches coach for five or six years have, you know, maybe some success right off the bat, but then have one or two bad seasons and then on again. Look at what Colorado did with Jared Bednar. He was their, he was an AHL coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at, look at uh, John Cooper for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was their minor league coach. So, you know, there's benefit in uh, trying to find, you know, maybe that next person, that person who is ready to go, who maybe can come into a situation with fresh ideas ideas and you know if you have a young coach they can kind of learn from the players just like they're teaching the players have it be more of a two-way relationship as opposed to an older guy like Don Torrello or Pete DeBoer it's like no 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 this is what we're doing and if you don't like it then you're not a part of this team like yep you're going to get benched you're going to lose ice time blah 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 all this it's insane to me I just want to go to a GM meeting and say do the work do some work, go out there. You cannot tell me. And I get that, you know, they have these amazing, you know, I look at John Tortorella and I'm like, yeah, he's got this long coaching resume. You cannot tell me that you can't invest some time and energy in going out there and finding somebody to step in there. I agree with you hundred percent. It is maddening to me that the same people are getting opportunities now, I will say, caveat to that, don't y'all look at Carl Taylor because he is ours. Yes. And we will bring him. He will be ours. 
So check yourself. But well, maybe. I don't know. Our <laughs> well, current coach signed a new deal. So I right. But I'm saying eventually, Carl Taylor Scars. But do the work. Do the work. I am so frustrated by this. Do the work. Find the talent. It is out there. And if you think it isn't, then you're not investing in it. It's on the league. So you probably don't. I'm done. I won't keep going because this will turn into a whole, a no, whole, don't fun. at me. Uh, how about a plus, and Another plus for this season. Yeah, let's, let's go back on the plus bandwagon. And I am going to just, since I'm in the mood already after that last topic, I'm going to just jump into the petty AF plus okay. for me. Um, and I have a more constructive plus, but we're going to go petty right now. Corey Prairie lost the Stanley <laughs> Cup three years in a row. <laughs> and look, I'm sure, I really, I'm sure that Corey Perry is a lovely person. I, I, I'm not sure, but I can imagine a scenario where perhaps, perhaps Corey Perry is, is, a, is a great person off of the ice. But ever since the Winter Classic, when he had just the most ridiculous dirty hit on Ryan Ellis that took Ryan Ellis out for a long time, Corey Perry has been like enemy number one for me. And to see him lose, this is so bad. I'm a bad person. But to see him lose the Stanley Cup three years in a row, the amount of joy I felt, just immeasurable joy. Corey Perry lost the Stanley Cup third year in a row, friends. Well, and as I mentioned last night, he's the first person in history to lose the Stanley Cup three straight years with three different teams. Yes! He with the Dallas Stars, lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then he went up to Montreal, lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he finally says, screw it. I'm going to win the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to give him the cup. And then he loses with the Lightning to the Colorado Avalanche. Um, isn't it the most amazing thing? What a storybook finish. Like, what a storybook finish for Corey Bear. Yeah, and they were talking last night on the broadcast about, oh, gosh, what this must feel like for him. And I'm like, I know! Yeah. <laughs> so bad. But there's plenty more positive things that we should probably hit upon. So yeah. let, let's, let's focus on some positives here. Well, mine for me across the NHL is the rise of the next generation. Yes. Great players. You know, Kale McCarr, we just saw what he did this year. He's a future star. You look across the league, Trevor Zegras, another big year, like a big year for the rookie. You have yes. Morris Sider, who won the Calder, and Lucas Raymond in Detroit, who each were critical uh, in their parts of the year. You look at Carl Kaprizov and Minnesota mm. and Igor Shosturkin both getting very, very a high amount of heart trophies. And it just goes to show you, like, this is the next generation stepping up. Because I think a lot of people were kind of concerned a little bit. It's like, hey, what happens when Crosby and Ovechkin kind of call right. it a career? Like, where's, like, the next level of big marketable stars? And it's here. And we haven't even talked about, you know, Austin Matthews, who just won the Hart Trophy, who's kind of become the next, like, you know, that pop culture crossover because every picture he posts is somehow with Justin Bieber. 
But, you know, there's also behind him so many good stars that don't get talked about enough. And not only are they great players, but they're fun to watch. They're yes. has a personality, you know, and I kind of equate it to what's going on in the NBA right now with players like, you know, John Morant, where it's just like, you know, they're not only really good players, but, you know, they're young, they have personality, and you would want to pay to go see them, and you would want to go cheer for them. You enjoy watching them. Yeah, that to me is what's happening in the NHL right now with the rise of all of these great young generation of players. Yes. You know, that's funny. I had the exact same plus for the exact same reasons, because I think there is this romantic, um, just this romanticized storyline about players, like you said, like Ovechkin and like Crosby and, you know, once in a generation will never have talent like that again. Oh, you know, and, but I think just you wait, like there are these young guys. I do feel like you forgot to say Rem Pitlick, but there Uh, are. Yeah. Yeah. But there is this amazing crop of rookies and younger talent that are really showing not only amazing on-ice talent, but I agree with you. It's time for the NHL to to highlight their personalities. And I love what I'm seeing. Like I, we talked about the Mojo show that Maurice Sider does. Um, hilarious, y'all. Yeah. If you have not watched this, it is fantastic. So I love the way these young players are coming up, not just on ice, but I'm loving their off ice personality coming through too. So it's really, it's been great to see. I would agree with that. Yeah. Speaking of like the Red Wings Avalanche, imagine a few years if we get a Mo Sider versus Kill McCarr matchup yes. uh, in a future Stanley Cup final. Yes. I mean, yeah. Now, it cannot be as bloody as the last one because I still, like, am not over that whole documentary. I I feel like if that happened today, that would be painted in a very different light. Uh, I would hope so. Yeah, there'd be a lot of... I would hope so. A lot of pearl clutching. Um, Yes. How about another minus, Anne? Yeah. So my other minus is the Arizona Coyotes and the city of Glendale. This has been like sands through the hourglass. So are the days of the Arizona Coyotes. This has been a tremendous amount of drama. In August, um, Glendale said they're not going to renew the uh, lease agreement, the operating agreement with the Coyotes. And then in December, Glendale said, we're going to lock you out. You haven't paid a million dollars in back taxes. The Coyotes are like, whoops, somebody forgot to post the check. That was the best (laughs) news ever. (laughs) I'm like, who hasn't been there? Like, who hasn't forgotten to pay their million dollars of taxes? Um. And then now, you know, Arizona is going to be moving to Arizona State University. But I will say, I think that things are headed in a really good direction. And if you want to keep up on this, you need to follow Robin at Locked on Coyotes because Robin has done a phenomenal job covering all of the ins and outs of this story. But the Tempe City Council uh, voted in favor of looking into and beginning negotiations to build a new um like entertainment arena ice center for the coyotes so it, there's you know positive movement but it has really been um a huge off ice distraction for a team that had enough on ice issues 
that bless they did not need it. It was a lot of drama for Arizona Coyotes this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see them play at a college arena next year and how that yeah. all works out. Yeah. Uh, how about a minus for the Olympics? Oh, come on. The, NA, the NHL participation in the Olympics. For once again, the men's tournament, which women's tournament was great. Fantastic. Incredible. Tournament. Incredible tournament. But the men's tournament for the second year in a row, it was just hard to care. Like, it really was. And it was, I guess, more fun this year that the, like, Team USA and Team Canada both leaned into the youth. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, last time it was just a who's who of, hey, that guy played, like, yes. for half of the season in the NHL. I remember him. Yes. But, you know, obviously we understand why the NHL did it, but the fact that they didn't want to do it in the first place. You know, yes. put a negative spin on the entire thing. Um, I, I don't understand why there is this big push from a lot of people to keep the NHL out of the Olympics. Wouldn't you want your biggest stars out there on the world stage? Like, wouldn't you want to market your players and have that tournament be just fun as hell to watch? Yes. And there's a lot of stuff going on like, oh, you know, obviously the NHL is not getting the NBC rub this year. Or, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were concerned about injuries and stuff. And, oh, you know, 2014 didn't have the same magic. But I think there's other reasons for that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The NHL needs to find a way to get its players back into the Olympics. That's best for the NHL. That's best for the Olympic Games. And that's best for us, the viewing audience. I think that would make the Olympic hockey tournament, the men's side, must-see viewing once again. Yes, I agree with that. And the Olympics were, you know, I covered them for Locked On, and it was exciting to see some of the young talent, some of these, you know, players who are likely to be drafted high. But I agree with you. It is such a missed opportunity. You think about, we just got to watch Mikhail Granlin play at Worlds. That's so fun. Like, I tuned in. Yeah, I tuned in specifically because I knew Granny was playing hockey. What a missed opportunity for the NHL. And I agree with you 100%. I think probably they were looking for any opportunity to say, oh, no, maybe not. Maybe not. So, Uh, Real quick, your favorite plus from the Predators this season. Oh, my favorite plus from the Predators. So many to choose from. Um, I mean, I'm going to have to go with, Matt Duchesne like I you know for all of the marital strife that that man has caused me the amount of joy that I feel watching him be the Matt Duchesne that I have always known he was people I have always known that he was was for me the greatest plus for the season yes Philip Forsberg also had a phenomenal year but just for Matt Duchesne to be able to do what he did this year. It was just the most beautiful uh, pseudo middle finger to all of the people who couldn't say his name without saying $8 million, $8 million. So for me, the redemption story of Matt Duchesne, who I always knew was amazing. How about you? What was your, what's your predators plus? It's got to be the stadium series. And I know they lost. Oh, yes. I know they lost. But the fact that it was just so much fun. It was incredible. Go back that week. 
Uh, you know, we had the Renegades of Puck tailgate where you and I finally met in person for the first yes. time. Yes. So there's something. And it was also the first time I met Sean Smith, our yeah. frequent uh, replacement co-host here. Um, you know, it was, you know, it was just kind of like the week's worth of partying and there's all these events the day of and, you know, just kind of being in a Nissan stadium um, and seeing, you know, a hockey rink there and kind of like the eye of the NHL, the Tampa fans that were in town were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They we were incredible. Met a lot of them, a lot of fun people, you know, very, you know, respectful, you know, there's a lot of, you know, handshaking and you guys are great and blah, 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 blah after the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just a fun event. And sometimes like that's what you have to treat games like those as are just fun events. Yeah. The Preds lost, but being there was still awesome. Yes. So to me, that was the biggest thing. And I think Nashville overall did a very, very good job of hosting it. Uh, we went, we had our, you know, special plus minus uh, when the stadium series happened, kind of talking about the, you know, what we would change and whatnot. But overall, they did a very good job of hosting it. Nashville can host a party. We know that. And I would love to see more big NHL events. Yes. More big sporting events in Nashville. And hey, if there's a, you know, a newer stadium that's coming downtown. There probably is going to be. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to. Everybody loves to come. I mean, you can see it at Predators games. Everybody loves to come to Nashville. So, you know, let's do another big party like that. I thought the stadium series was incredible. I hate that the Predators lost, but for atmosphere, it was magic. Yeah. Uh, speaking of magic, the Locked On Predators podcast. We're awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was this is our uh, first uh, season together, and so, yeah. what that's a, a plus. It is a plus. It is another plus. Why don't we celebrate by telling people where they can find us? You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Uh, and while you're there, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Helps us get this out to more Preds fans like yourself. That's going to do it for today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.